no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dumb and dumber, I'd call Hello, yes, welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. As always, I am your host, Jasper Woody Woodson. Alongside me, the ever dependable Wilbur Kudaloux. How are you, brother? Yeah, going well. Going well. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, this is a big one. Uh, so, with 22 days until the Women's World Cup 2023 Australia and New Zealand kicks off, we are beginning our coverage of the tournament, looking at uh, all of the groups, all of the eight groups and previewing each team in each group uh, throughout this week's episode and next week's episode before giving you our final thoughts uh, in the episode in two weeks' time, uh, which will be just days before the tournament starts. But without further ado, we'll kick straight off and get into it uh, with Group A. And this is, a, I think I've done Group A and Group D, and we'll, we'll take you through Group B and C, but you know, we'll have a bit of chit-chat throughout each. Bit of back and forth. Bit of back and forth, as we, as you know, we love to do. All right, so kicking off New Zealand, kicking off Group A, I should say, with New Zealand, uh, the co-host, along with Australia, have played in five previous Women's World Cups without ever qualifying or making the knockout stages. Um, sorry, without qualifying for the knockout stages or even registering a win. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> looking to go a little bit better this time in front of a home crowd. Um and indeed, they do have a golden opportunity to do so uh, with, I think, the first game they play is, at, is in New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 So, brilliant chance to get underway uh, with a win there, potentially. I think their first game is against Norway. Correct. Uh, you know, albeit a strong team in opposition, but again, um, the home crowd can do wonders, as we saw for England at the Euros last year. Uh, so, the football, f- the football ferns, as they're affectionately known, uh, not yet to announce their squad uh, of their final 23 or 26 player squad for the tournament but um, I'm just going to go through a few players who I think will be key uh, to their campaign this year so the first one the first one I've got is an interesting one because when I was breaking down initially it was uh, it was looking as if Erin Naylor was who's had 80 caps as the number one goalkeeper for New Zealand um, would be the nailed on starter like no disputes. But then, as I looked at it, the past two game, the past last two games New Zealand played before they, uh, well, just in the most recent two games they played, uh, the keeper that played was actually um, Rangers Victor- uh, Victoria Essen, I think is how you pronounce her name. So, Rangers which, Rangers in Scotland. Yeah, Rangers yeah, in Scotland. True. So yeah, so that'll be interesting to see who gets the number one, who gets to start there. Essen's only ha- had twelve international caps, so maybe they were just maybe Aaron Neal was coming back from injury. I'm not I'm not too sure, but. That'll be interesting to see who um, fills the number one spot there. Are they? Um, are they? Like, were the games like competitive ones, or were they like? Yeah, there was a. Oh no, one was a three 0 loss to Nigeria, and one was a one all draw against Iceland. True. So, interesting. Um, so then, moving into the defence, uh, the captain and possibly the most the player you could bet your house on uh, playing every game will be Ali Riley, uh, 35 years old. Uh, she's been to four World Cups and four Olympics and still plays for Angel City in the American National Women's Soccer League. So clearly still doing it at a high level. Uh, she'll be playing it right back. Um, and then, yeah, we've got the, the, the regulars will be probably, like most likely be uh, Rebecca Stott, Katie Bowen and Michaela Foster. They'll fill out the rest of the back four. And uh, then the midfielders, I've, uh, I've on, upon my research, I've been told to keep an eye out for. Uh, Betsy Hassett is a central midfielder who will be probably the primary orchestrator of things. Um, and then a young gun who's recently come into the fold, Gabby Renee, um, or Gabby Rennie. R-E-N-N-I-E, how would you pronounce that? I reckon Rennie. Rennie, yeah, okay. So apparently, yeah, so apparently she's been really broken into the first team of late and is an exciting young talent. She's only 21, I think. Still playing for her college team in America, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, and then uh, up forward they have Hannah Wilkinson, who is 27 goals in and over 100 caps, one of the most experienced players in the team. So yeah, those sort of those players are the ones who I expect if they're going to have any you know 
if they're going to go one better and qualify for the net round of 16, those are the names you'll be hearing. There may be other names, and I've got a few other names written here, but I'm not going to bore anyone with you know the yeah. details and stuff. But um, the last thing I'll say is the worrying thing for New Zealand is since their head coach, um, what's her name? Yeah, sorry. Since the hand coach Jitka Klimkova took over, they haven't actually won a game. They haven't. They've, they've uh, six lost six of seven in 2023, and uh, the only one they didn't lose was the one I'll draw against Iceland that I just mentioned. So, right, despite okay. their really strong qualifying campaign, which had them as the first seed of this group, um, because obviously some of the qualifying campaign was happening around at the time of uh, Norway's uh, downturn in form around the, the Euros last year, yeah. they're not looking so good recently. So, I mean, here's hoping for New Zealand fans that they sort it out at the mm. once the tournament starts. But yeah, I mean, it it could also be the case that they sort of I don't know, like I don't know about resting players in the lead up to a World Cup, but like. Mm. Yeah, um, but but potentially with the goalkeeper, you say there's got 80 caps, like like her being rotated potentially as well. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like hope like I I would like to see our you know fellow uh, neighbours make it make a dent in uh, a home tournament, but yeah, they're gonna have to find some form and find it quick. Um, mm. So yeah. Uh, next, we've got Norway. Now, me and you will remember quite fondly. England's 8-0 dispatching of Norway in the yeah. group stage of the Euros last year. Uh, yeah, look, um, once a powerhouse in the, in the women's game, uh, they've fallen quite, a, quite away from grace. Uh, I think they won the World Cup in 95, won the Euros in 93, and were still pretty good in the early 2000s. But uh, yeah, it seemed to have just slowly gone from bad to worse over the years. Uh, culminating in their embarrassing group stage exit last year in the Euros. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, well below par given their like history. Yeah. Um, is is there is there any signs of an uptick in form recently? Or there is a little bit. So they um, after that uh, very disappointing uh, exit from the Euros, they uh, brought in um, an iconic Norwegian figure in uh, in women's football, uh, Hegerisa. Uh, I think is how you say her name. Um, who was who was a player when they won in '95 and '93 in the uh, World Cup and the Euros? So they now brought her in as a coach, um, and obviously their defense is probably the most glaring issue uh, that they had. Uh, yeah. Conceding eight goals is is, is not good, uh, and she seems to have tightened the ship. Big pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, somewhat. Um, in her first uh, three games, they kept three straight clean straight clean sheets. And although they conceded four against Spain and three against Sweden, they went toe-to-toe with both those teams. And as we'll touch on um, in your uh, groups, Spain are one of the better teams in world football. And as we know, Sweden are as well. Mm. So it, th- things, seem, things seem to be on the uptick, but you know, it's still a little bit leaky at the back. Mm. But in terms of um, attacking options... They're sport for choice. So they've got uh, names that you will remember from, or you may remember from the Euros. Frida Marnham. Do you remember that name being yeah. talked about a little bit? Yep, she, she's she'll be she'll be around. Uh, Gura Wrighton. Yeah, she, she, was she looked yeah. really young, but yeah. she's very good. Uh, so she's been playing for Chelsea and doing really well. Uh, and also returning from injury, um, wasn't in time to play in their most recent internationals in April, but she's returned from injury. To play for Barcelona recently, uh, Caroline Graham Hansen, who is another uh, yeah, very yeah, talented yeah, remember, yeah. striker. That, no. um, and the uh, former Ballon d'Or winner and lone striker Arda Hergberg will looking to True, improve on her well. pretty disappointing Euro campaign. But so yeah, loads of attacking options. Um, but it's more so where they can you know stop the rot at the back and then get it to those options because they struggled to do that enough. Yeah. Did did they have other big losses? In the, I remember the England game quite like clearly, but they I think they lost one nil to Austria. I think they uh, I think they may have, and then they beat the uh, Northern Ireland or the uh, like one nil or drew one one all with them. But it was just like yeah, yeah, it wasn't enough in the end. Yeah, not convincing against lesser opposition. But yeah, like the team on paper is like star studded with like talent that plays at the top level. Like their captain. Uh, Mara Mielda play who Mielda, sorry who plays for Chelsea. Uh, she's she's she, she's a centre back, um, and then yeah, Frida Martin plays for Arsenal. Gura Wright plays for Chelsea. Um, 
like I've mentioned, Carolyn Graham Canton plays for Barcelona. Arda Hergberg plays for Lyon. Like mm. a lot, a lot of talent, but it's more so if this uh, new coach and legend of Norwegian football, Hegar Issa, can you know get the best out of him. Yeah, I mean to to, to make analogies with, with with the men's game, like and and I suppose it's different as well because it's a club level. Like you you know sometimes bringing the club legends doesn't seem to work that much, but it seems like maybe. At international level, and especially because it's in the context of a tournament, that kind of like, you know, legend of mm. of that country's um, I more think like football can yeah. kind of, you know, just boost the talent that they have to like perform. And I also better. think you know, in terms of tournament football, like over a shorter period of time, it can work. Like you look at maybe like Zidane at Real Madrid, not the same, but <laughs> but like but yeah, exactly. But yeah. but because it's kind of like they've got talented players, they just need to be galvanized. Yeah. And because she's a legend of you know of that of um of Norway, like yeah, yeah players would be excited to play under her. Mm. But yeah, um, I, I personally think the one I'm most excited to see because obviously they've got lots of good yeah, good young talent in Frieda Marnham and Gurreiten and all that. But I I I I heard a lot of hype about uh, Ada Hergerberg before um the Euros, and I was pretty disappointed with how she played. Yeah, she didn't have the whole lot of service, and the whole team didn't play well. But as for a, from from a former Ballon d'Or winner. I want to. I'm very curious to see how she bounces back because I, I do think, obviously, she's a very good player, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe it was just a bad situation. But and in a better, in a perhaps better performing team, see if she can get back to where she is, or maybe she's just you know not quite the player she once was. But. Mm. Is she is is she is she a bit older now? Or? I think I mean, she, I mean, she's I, obviously older. I'm but. gonna I'm gonna double check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's in her thirties, but I will double check. No, she's 27. Yeah. Okay, so she should be in her prime. Mm. So she's there. Yeah, we'll see though. Um, anyway, hopefully she can bounce back because I do also remember when we were previewing that she was like one of the big big names. Obviously, yeah. being a Ballon d'Or winner, yeah. and yeah, um, she probably would have just been disappointed as well. So yeah, hopefully she can bounce back. So yeah, um, but I I I have I, I don't know I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that um, Norway's probably gonna. And I'll get onto that later. Probably going to top this group just just because the group's pretty open. Like there's not a whole lot of other big hitters in the group. But anyway, moving mm. on. We've next we've got the Philippines, who interestingly are coached by um, Alan Stadich. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he led the Matildas to the last eight in the 2015 World Cup, and then um, got them qualified for the 2019 World Cup, but was sacked just before the tournament in January. Um, so maybe not just before the tournament, but in the same year. Um, I'm sure there was stuff happening play style wise or behind the scenes wise that um, was reasons for that. But uh, he kind of, he was apparently seen in the Philippine, Philippine? Philippine? Yeah, Philippine. Philippine. (laughs) Um, Football sphere is like quite a coup as a manager. Mm. Uh, And he um, has kind of taken uh, Filipino football by storm. They won their first ever trophy at the AFF Championship last year and now have qualified for their first ever World Cup, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's, yeah. that's surely the first appearance at um, like Philippines men or women's football. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I can't remember if no, the Filipino I, team... I'm not even going to check it, but I'm pretty confident <laughs> that that's got to be the first time uh, the Philippines have made a World Cup, um, at mm. least in some time, in this, this millennium at least. Yeah. Um, so they've got a mixture of players from kind of all over the place, but two ones that I sort of popped up when reading a few different articles about them were uh, a player called Serena Bolden, who uh, plays for Western Sydney Wanderers in the A-League Women, uh, was the top scorer at the AFF Championship, and she um, is obviously the, the leads the line up front for the Filipinas, as they're known. Um, and then also the captain... Uh, I don't want to botch this name, but uh, Tanai or T A H N A I. I don't want to. Tanai Anis um, plays for a team in Iceland with an even weirder name, uh, P O R slash K A. And yeah, she's she's a primary creator in midfield. Um, like pulls, it seems to pull the strings, and was very influential as well in winning that championship and qualifying for the World Cup. And the last one I saw that was I was told to keep an eye out for um, by. The official FIFA site yeah. <laughs> is Isabella Flanagan, who is uh, an 18-year-old forward who perhaps won't start, but will be an interesting uh, impact sub off the bench, potentially. 
And, you know, if she turns out to be, you heard it here first because uh, most people listening to this, I'm doubting you're reading the FIFA and the articles that me and Wilbur are reading. I'll tell you right now. Um, so, in the group that is possibly the most open of the tournament, I mean, anything could happen. Mm. Like, and the, this team seems to be going from strength to strength in the past two years. So, like, you know, who's to say they can't get past a, a New Zealand or a, or a Switzerland and take that second spot behind Norway? Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what I love about unknowns in tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it being the country's first, like, World Cup kind of um, appearance and it, it being in Asia as well, like, yeah. surely they'll have, like, quite a few fans at the games. And, I think like, there's also a pretty decent Philippine... Um, yeah, Filipino sort of, sort of kind of community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in not only um, Melbourne, but and around Australia. Mm. So... And and also Filipinos are very loud, so like yeah. they'll have good support wherever they go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, as as with um, some very close family friends of mine being Filipino, I'd love to see them do well. And Marnie, and Marnie as well. Marnie. Yes. Um, all right. The final team in this group is Switzerland. Um, they're playing in just their second ever Women's World Cup, uh, twenty fifteen. Their only other appearance. Uh, the Swiss won eight out of ten games when in qualifying, with the only loss coming against Italy, uh, and they drew the other one. Yeah. So you know, pretty strong campaign. Um, eliminated in the group stage of last year's Euros, but have since uh, signed a new coach called Inka Grings, uh, who has hopes to take them a step further this time. And again, in an open group, I feel like that's a reasonable expectation. Mm. Um, after a very so apparently Inka Grings wasn't like the head coach during their very impressive qualifying run. And then since she took over at the start of the year, that she's yet to have a win uh, as, as head coach. I think she's had three games, uh, two draws and a loss, or four games, three draws and a loss. Yeah. So again, a little bit of a, you know, dicey form going into the tournament, but we'll see. Um, three players to watch for this one. Sorry, no, four. <laughs> uh Noel Maritz, uh, 102 caps for Switzerland, undisputed starter at right back, while the other three members of the back four seem to chop and change, but basing off what I've seen from their uh, past games. Um, Leo, Leo Walti uh, plays for Arsenal. So, uh, captain and most experienced midfielder, 108 caps, um, likely lines up next to Geraldine uh, Rutela, who plays for Eintracht Frankfurt. 11 goals from midfield and 53 caps at only just 23 years of age, so clearly... Quite a talent. Um, and up front, they've got Ramona Bachmann, who plays for PSG. She has 132 caps. So the second most capped current player for, for Switzerland. And then um, an, an X-Factor player they they have as well, who could impress starting or off the bench. Uh, Rio, I don't know quite how to say her last name, but Riola, I'm going to go with Jamaili. Um, yeah, uh, so... 20-year-old prospect, uh, five goals and 20 appearances already. Um, seems to be like quite a skillful winger. So, yeah. yeah. Um, if I had to predict how this group's going to go, I think it will be Norway clear at the top. Uh, I think for all their faults last year, I think the cream will rise to the, crop a li- uh, to the top a little bit. Here. Yeah. Um, and, but, then, but then fighting it out for that second place, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, like my... Head says the the team with most of their players playing in Europe in Switzerland will do it, but my heart says the home side New Zealand will do it. Mm. But again, I think it's going to be one of those ones where they're all on similar points. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but yeah. I, so I, if I have, if you, if you had to push me, I'm going to go Norway first, New Zealand. Yeah. I think I think this one's definitely going to be tight. Like, I, I yeah. I also agree that Norway will probably. Yeah make it a bit more clear than the rest of them um but then yeah it'll go down to the wire but yeah there's i suppose that there's lots of unknowns and and lots of sort of coaching changes as well Mm. with a bunch of those other teams so it's a bit difficult to to tell Mm. Mm. all right group a group a group b yeah group b now (laughs) um so kicking it off with obviously australia Um, yes yes one of the co-hosts um so I think in terms of World Cup like finals, um, past appearances for Australia, they've never made it past the quarterfinals, as you mentioned earlier. 
Um, they they got to the quarterfinals in 2015. Did yeah. they make it past that? And that's also the only time they've ever won a knockout game at, at the World Cup finals. Um, they and, and they beat Brazil 1-0. Um, Was that Kaya Simon in that team? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I'm cool. pretty. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty sure that like Kai. I was a little bit before Kai uh, Sam Kerr's like ascension. So Kai Simon was like the the yeah, player. The player. True. Yeah. So I think it, like I suppose a little bit of a shaky kind of um, history of performances at, at the World Cup finals. Um, but obviously, more recently, I think they came fourth at the Olympics um, with, with a very good display with a lot of other good teams um, in, in that tournament. And in the last 10 months, they've beaten Denmark away, um, England away, and beaten Sweden and Spain at home. Um, so I think those are all pretty... Like, didn't, they, didn't we like smash Sweden? Yeah, Sweden 4-0. Yeah, at, at so home. like they did... Yeah, they, they've been in very red-hot form. Yeah. Sort of aligning with how Sam Kerr's form has been as well, really. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of players... Um, a lot of players coming up. Obviously, there's... Um, obviously, the Sam Kerr. I've also got down as other sort of key players as Ellie Carpenter. Yeah, remember um, Mary Fowler, Hayley Razzo... Um, as sort of, I suppose, more the up and coming, and then there's Van Egmond and Alana Kennedy as kind of like pretty established players. Um, it just uh, like it feels a little bit like that group of players is kind of like I don't know, reaching a bit of like a climax at, at this point in time. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they're going to have a very strong com- campaign. Would you consider them in the top like five favorites? I reckon. I reckon they've got, especially being hosts. Yeah. And like the recent recent performances, they've got obviously Sam Kerr, um, the best yeah. player in the world, or Second best player in the world behind. Yeah. She's the best in the world. Pateas. If, if you're an Australian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, they, yeah, they crashed out of the 2019 uh, tournament in the round of 16 against Norway. In that game, Sam Kerr missed a penalty and Alana Kennedy got sent off. Um, so yeah, I think... Bit of a lost heads kind of moment. Yeah. 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 A, l- a little bit uncharacteristic. Yeah. For players of that stature, so uh, we'll, we'll get on to was um the new coach was he is he was he coach for that or was nah I actually I'm not sure the the coach is Tony Gustafson I'm I'm yeah. not actually sure how long he's been in the in the seat for but um he was he was there for the, for the Olympics yeah 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 so yeah that's Australia yeah I mean you'd have to say I think. Given it's a, it's a it's a home tournament, they're they're up there with the US's, the England's, the Sweden's, the anyone else, Germany probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is a very difficult group. Um, as we'll get on to, uh, the se- the second team in the group is Ireland. It's the first ever World Cup or major tournament. Um, but of the, I think there's around eight like um debutants um for the World Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Definitely. Uh, this time round, they're the second highest ranked behind Portugal of of those eight debutants. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Um, some of the key players: uh, Denise O'Sullivan um, and Katie McCabe in midfield. Oh yeah, no, Katie McCabe. Yeah, she's a gun. Yeah, she's a gun. Apparently, like uh, Denise O'Sullivan's a bit of an all rounder, good playmaker, good tackler. Kind of, kind of does it all. Um, and then another player to look out for is Abby Larkin, who made her senior debut. Last February at 16, 16 Whoa. years old. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and she's gonna play in the. Fuck, that's mm. wild. Yeah. And here we are, twenty-seven years old, <laughs> sitting in my room recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. In t- in terms of the coach, so Vera Poor. Um. She's been, I think, been known for playing a, a fairly defensive style of play. She plays usually plays a five-four-one. I mean, that's kind of to be a, kind of to be understandable for a team that has never really made much of an impression in, on the top top level. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, she's been criticised for being overly defensive, um, but has, has sort of come out saying, you know, I'm playing to win, not to like, you know, a bit of a Sam, like, big Sam narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think. It's going to be a very difficult challenge in what is a very difficult group, yeah. but I, I'd expect them to come out pretty defensively in most matches and yeah, try and try Set and snatch them on the counter and yeah. yeah. Mm. 
No, nah, it's probably going to be like how Northern Ireland played in the Euros uh, in uh, Norway and uh, England's group last year. Mm. Very similar. It's wild that Northern Ireland made a major tournament before Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. God. God. All right. Um, the next, the third um, team in Group B is Nigeria, the Super Falcons. Um, so w- w- one of their sort of main like key players is um, Oshola. <laughs> just forewarning we're gonna butcher some of these names but like just apologies in advance yeah we'll, um, we'll power through though yeah there's some of these are new names to us but we're again like we did with the euros sort of uh, learning more about the women's game yeah um although i would say we're a little bit more informed than we were yeah in the, in but the euros. i think but there's also newer teams it's yeah. mainly the U- the european teams yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true yeah. that's true and australia yeah yeah um, so yeah, uh, Oshola, uh, 28, has represented, um, Arsenal and Liverpool, but has currently been with Barca since the 2019-20 season and has basically scored 20 goals per season since oh, then. Oh shit. Mm. So gun. She's won the African Women's Footballer of the Year five times, and that's the record. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think she's definitely one to look out on, uh, look out for and will be leading the line in attack. Bit of a Panella harder for Denmark kind of vibe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coach plays so Randy Waldrum is the coach. <laughs> and he's and he's from Texas, apparently. Oh yeah. Um and he plays a four, two, three, one formation. Um, which actually seems like a pretty c- common formation of what was when I was looking through. Yeah, it's some a lot of, of four two three ones, a lot of four four twos, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, um, in terms of lining up with the group, um, they did they drew with Canada last year, um, and obviously Canada won the Olympics and are expecting to have a very strong like World Cup campaign as we'll get onto in a sec. Um, so that results probably like you know a bit of a mental boost going into what's a very difficult beat the group. co-host New Zealand three nil in April like I mentioned before as well. True. So so yeah, going into a. Yeah, getting into a bit of a vein of form coming into the tournament, um, but um, they've never won a knockout game at the at the Women's World Cup. How many have they? How many have they made the World Cup a few times? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure exactly how many, but um, not yeah. their first rodeo. Mm, yeah. So yeah, obviously looking to go on better. If 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 they can make it out of the group, which again is very difficult, yeah. um, win their first knockout game. Especially when they're coming up against... Canada. Yes. <laughs> so, Canada, I mean, obviously won the Olympics in 2021. Very impressive. Um, but a bit of like an interesting stat, I suppose, is they've never finished in the top three of the World Cup despite doing so at the last three Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Like, especially because they line up, like, you know, the quite closely, team. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll that be interesting. And I suppose something that they that they want to rectify. Yeah. Um, they got knocked out in the round of 16 against Sweden in 2019. And their highest finish is fourth. Didn't they beat Sweden last year in the Olympic final as well? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. 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 Football symmetry, I like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, highest finishes fourth um, at the, at USA two thousand three. Um, in terms of key players, this is pretty wild. So Christine Sinclair um, is fourteen time Canada Soccer Player of the Year. Whoa, <laughs> she's um, she's a forward and she's scored one hundred and ninety international goals. Jesus. Um, yeah. One of, one of only three players to score at five World Cups. She alongside, must be getting on now, though. Yeah, alongside Marta and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, but she's 40 years old. Okay. She's 40. So soon. But expected to play. Yeah, and I'm surely sort of paving the way for Jordan Heitema. Yeah, yeah, that was my next note. So um, her heir, uh, Jordan Heitema, will probably play a bit more of a central role. Yeah. But obviously she's a, she's a, leg- a legend of the women's game in Canada, so... Do they but do they play together like two up top type of thing? Um, I think, like like I reckon, Haitamo has deputized her for a while and oh, now okay. is now coming into oh, okay, the main okay. role. Yeah. Um, some other key players to watch: Ashley Lawrence um, is a fullback, but also can play um, a bit further forward. Uh, Rachel Daly esque, yep, love that. Yeah, and Julia Grosso. 
I've is, heard that name before. Yeah, she's a bit of an up and comer. I think she she's quite young, but plays in midfield, and um, by the looks of it, is is going to be quite important for them. So yeah, yeah. All right. So predictions. Predictions. So I've gone through each game. I'm not going to go through each game yeah. right here, <laughs> but to make my predictions, I have um, obviously picking Australia to win. Oh no, I picked one draw. Anyway. Australia are going to go through top, yep. followed by Canada yep. um, and Nigeria and uh, Ireland fin- like closing out. That seems like a pretty order. logical decision. Yeah. 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 I'm assuming the one draw you've got is Canada-Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, group C, you, you again will be. Straight back into it. Yeah, it's worth mentioning the mistake that I made. I was meant to do group D. We were but... going to alternate, so uh, it wasn't just massive blocks of each of us talking, but uh, it didn't end up that way. No. <laughs> but feel free to jump in at any Yeah, point. no, I'm, I'm jolly on the spot, mate. Don't worry. Um, yeah, and this is probably a good one to jump in on. Uh, so Spain, uh, are the, are the first group, uh, the first team in, in group C that we'll go through. Looking to do considerably better than they did in the Euros last year. Yeah. Um, so I think obviously Spain going into any major tournament, like you're going to expect them to do quite well. They obviously struggled um, at the Euros, getting knocked out at the corners uh, at the quarters um, in the absence of Hermoso and Patelis. Ballon d'Or two-time winner Alexia Patelis. Yeah, um, and before that as well, they actually knocked out by the USA in the round of 16 of the 2019 World Cup, which. I think a round of 16 exit for Spain is, isn't is great, but when you're up against USA in the round of 16... USA, I'll give you the... I wouldn't even say I'll give you probably the best team in the last two decades in yeah. women's football. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's a, that's not an easy one. Um, Pateus, um, apparently there's a bit of an injury cloud around her, um, but has been named in the provisional squad, and Hermoso um, has returned to the side as of February this year. I would be shocked if Pateus is named in the provisional squad if she's not starting. Like, yeah. After missing the Euros, she's got to be doing almost everything she can to play. Yeah. I think sometimes, and, and I think we saw it with the World Cup, I can't remember which, te- which team or which player, but sometimes, you know, if the player's good enough, you just get them in the squad in the hope that they you, get, you make yeah. the back end of the tournament and they're ready. Like kind of Harry Maguire for England. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't disrespect it like that. <laughs> No, sorry, not, not the, <laughs> just the situation is comparable, not not the player. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Pateus is a far better footballer than Harry Maguire will ever be. Another one uh, to watch out for before we get onto the kind of cloud surrounding the Spanish team is Salma Parayuelo. Parayuelo, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I got. That I reckon you nailed it. So yeah, she she's sort of come up through the under seventeens. Um, and the under-20 um, Spanish teams and made her debut for the senior team. Uh, I think it was late last year and scored a hat-trick on debut against Argentina. Oh, shit. So okay. It's a pretty it's a pretty good effort. Um, and has a decent scoring record, yeah, in, in the under-17s, under-20s and at club level as well. Um, but yeah, the, the interesting thing about Spain coming into this one is that so after the after the poor Euros performance um, in September last year. Oh yeah, this juicy drama, yeah, 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 yeah. Fifteen players emailed the the Spanish FA or, or, or whatever it's called, um, saying that they want essentially they want the the coach gone um, and they're going to re- be resigning from selection and, and until a change is made. Um, so yeah I think but did they end up resigning from selection well it's 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 interesting because three of the players of those 15 have been named in the squad right okay and Pateus was also involved um, with because there was also a social media thing kind of like um, mirroring the mirroring the emails that went out and apparently Pateus was involved in involved in that but she didn't send a, like a direct email oh, to okay. the to the FA so she's been picked um and three other players um have also returned but 12 of the 15 have uh, are still left out of the squad that's the, a big turnover and the Spanish FA has apparently said in order to be eligible for selection as well they need to ask for forgiveness <laughs> you can't come back until you say sorry <laughs> um 
And yeah, t- 12 of those 15 involved include um, Barcelona trio Leon, uh, Guijaro and Panos. Ah, um, uh, yes. Which are all like relatively big names. I just think it just seems like an absolute um, circus a, yeah. a little bit. Um, no, big time, big time. And I think even though like you, like you keep a few of the players um potentially the, the is better the same ones coach well. still there yeah the same coach is still yeah there. it's got to be a bit toxic yeah. yeah and the fa's backed up the coach but then you've got some players who were involved back in the back in the team some players who were involved aren't and i just feel like obviously those players weren't happy with the coach in the first place it it kind of it kind of like not to draw parallels uh to to the men's game again but it kind it does kind of seem like when Lopetegui resigned just before Mm. I'm not sure if it was the Euros or the World Cup yeah. and they got a new coach in and it just kind of fell apart for Spain's men's team. Mm. So yeah. I think there was a similar thing with the French men's team a few World Cups ago mm. as well and they like severely underperformed because as much as you know players will probably give everything when they're out there for their for their country like I don't know. It's, Dysfun- it's, dysfunction breeds more dysfunction. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be be thought about and yeah potentially be a cloud over a very like what should be a very good Spain team. Mm. Mm. All right, who's next? Um, Costa Rica is next. I'm moving too far away. <laughs> <from mine. laughs> just just putting it a bit closer to you. That's all. Um, so Costa Rica, um, only one previous World Cup appearance um, at Canada in 2015, so they missed out in 2019. Yeah. Um, but they had a pretty good campaign then. They drew with Spain, um, okay. and and Korea. And then had a narrow loss to Brazil, and then obviously didn't make it out out of the group. After that, um, they came fourth in Concacaf Women's 2022. Um, so that's like decent um, recent performance. Um, and yeah, I think their their kind of key player is uh, Raquel um, Senado. So she's had 100 appearances and 55 goals, which is the record for for Costa Rica. Um, and scored her first ever goal for Costa Rica um, at the 2015... Um, sorry, the first ever goal for Costa Rica oh, at the yeah, World right. Cup Finals in 2015. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. On, honestly, a bit of an unknown quantity, Costa Rica. Um, I think they'll probably come with a lot of a lot of heart. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of star players, um, not like compared with Spain, it's, yeah. a bit, yeah. it's a bit of daylight. All right, who we got next? Zambia next. Oh yes, Zambia. Um, <laughs> Fair bit about this team. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I got quite deep in this one. <laughs> we just got... <laughs> disappeared around a rabbit hole for about an hour. I got a little bit deep in the in in the Spanish um, saga as well, but this one this one is interesting. So um, Zambia are the first team slash nation from any landlocked African nation to make a World Cup final, men or women's, which is, history makers, which is, which is interesting. History makers. Um, and the rabbit hole that I went down is essentially um, around their main striker, um, Barbara Banda. Um, she plays in the in the Chinese Women's League um, and has scored 30 international goals since 2016. But basically, um, the rabbit hole that I went down is just the, the difference um, in output um, when Banda's in the side versus when um, when she's not. So recently, uh, so, so in Wafcon um, twenty twenty two, uh, Zambia played six games, scored six goals, and copped three, um, and finished third. And then that was without Banda. Yeah. And then when she came back in for the South Af- the South African Cup, yeah, um, they played five games, scored fourteen, ten of which um, Banda scored. Oh geez, and and won the cup. Yeah, um, so night and day, to, yeah. put it, to put it bluntly. Yeah. Also, they, they featured in the most recent like Olympics tournament as well. Um, she scored back-to-back hat-tricks in the first two games um, for Zambia. But um, the, the, like, the final score lines for those games were 3-10 to the Netherlands, yep. including Banda's three goals, and then 4-0 to China. So... Obviously, like the the glaring issue there is the the um, defense, yeah, yeah, the yeah. defense. Um, so yeah, the, obviously, Wafcon and the the South African Women's Cup came after the Olympics. Um, I feel like that's quite a common theme with slightly smaller nations who have not appeared so much in the top 
elite level tournaments internationally who have one star player who usually is a forward is like that mm. player will score a lot because the entire service goes to them but then their defense is often left a, a bit to be desired mm. yeah like th- there's been a slight sort of um improvement in their defensive record at at, at wafconnor and the, and the women's um south, like south african cup but you just wonder whether like there's a slight difference in the quality of opponents that 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 they're playing in, yeah. in those tournaments compared with the Netherlands and China, who have been quite a strong side in Asian football of recent times, and world and, and world women's football since like the early two thousands. Yeah, so I think I think Banda will come out and have a good tournament, but it's yeah. just whether the the Zambian defense can yeah can back her up. And the yeah, and like the fourth team they'll play against will probably sort of dictate how much of an impact she can have because I can see her scoring against Costa Rica maybe, but. I mean, from memory, Spain, hard team to break down. Didn't concede many in the Euro. Didn't do much in the Euros, but like we're a hard team to break down. Mm. Yeah. And I think this next team, Japan, will will be like will be well well organized and, yeah. and hard to break down as well. So um, Japan, they obviously have like a, a, a decent um, history of World Cup appearances. They won in 2011 at a bit of a fairy tale story. Um and they made the final in 2015 and lost 5-2 to the US, which yeah. is a pretty hectic score. I think I remember that game because like Carly Lloyd scored like some crazy goal from halfway. And I was like, mm. this is wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since then, there's been a bit of a downturn in form. They went out of the round of 16 in the 2019 World Cup. Um, and they got knocked out of the most recent Asian Cup by China on penalties. Um, that was in the semis, mm. so it's, it's still a decent performance. But I think Japan, you know, getting get... to the final or winning the Asian Cup would be the goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sort of downturn in form has been matched with a, a shift in formation to try and increase the number of goals that they're scoring. So they switched to a three-four-three three recently, um, and I think they've played like three games and only won like one of them. Mm, okay, but they beat Canada in, in oh. one of those games. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. okay. But it, it it wasn't like a major tournament. It was a tournament that only had four kind of teams in it. I Still, beating Canada is beating Canada at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is interesting how many teams are like changing up tactics within a years of the World Cup. Mm. Like, yeah, changing tactics, changing managers, changing formations. Like. Yeah, surely if a coach takes you to, like, qualifies you for the World Cup, you wouldn't. You, you stick wouldn't to it. it. Yeah. yeah, and also, like, yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't know. But, like, it, it seems as if you're sort of banking on, oh, like, things clicking even if they at the World Cup, even if they haven't necessarily clicked prior to the World Cup, mm. which is a risky strategy in my book. But, you know, I hope it works out for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it seems like... So, so the coach of Japan apparently is also in charge of the under twenty team at the same time. Oh right. So he's apparently bringing in quite a few young players as as part of this campaign, um, and two of those the, these players look relatively young. I think they're twenty six and twenty four respectively. But they are Fuka Nagano, who plays for Liverpool in the Women's Super League. Um, she won the twenty eighteen under twenty World Cup with Japan. Yep, and has been compared to Hamare. Sawa. Really struggling with the name. That one even, well, wasn't even hard. Sawa. <laughs> <laughs> Just second guessing myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she was like apparently a bit of a legend of uh, Japanese football. Captained Japan to the 2011 World Cup and scored oh, nice. five goals and got the golden boot from midfield. So apparently Nagano was a similar player to her. Um, and we'll see if she can reach the heights that she did. Um, the other one is Yui Hasegawa, who plays for Man Mate, City. you nailed that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about yeah, it yeah. as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, who plays for Man City um, and, yeah, is another key part of uh, Japan's midfield. Nice. Slightly more experienced than Nagano. Okay. So, break it down for me. How's this one going? Spain on top, I'm assuming. Let me just uh, get to my page. <laughs> um, I've got, actually, Japan going through... First, oh yeah, true because of the Spain dysfunction. Yeah, no, I don't mind that. And Costa Rica going through. Oh, Spain second. not even making yeah, it out the group. Yeah. That's bold. That's very bold. And how have I broken it down? So yeah, obviously I mentioned Spain drew with Costa Rica 
Um, so Costa Rica drew with Spain. It's the same thing. <laughs> in, in, in the 2015 World Cup when Costa Rica were last involved. So I've penciled that in as a draw. And I think that kind of tips the scales a little bit. And I don't think... Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's it. Yeah. Interesting. It's bold. It's bold. I'll, I'll give you that. But you do, you do love to pick a, to pick a, a dark horse upset. So, you know, mm. staying true to form. Um, if it's me personally, I'm going to have Spain going through. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's bold. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the final group we'll t- discuss today. Um, in, and we've got Group D. So kicking things off in very large fashion, we have the reigning European champions, England. Uh, the Lionesses enter this World Cup as one of the favourites, but with a few injuries to very key players, could hurt, it could hurt their chances of going all the way. Um, Serena Wiegmann will be without captain Leah Williamson, uh, Euro player of the tournament and third place in the Ballon d'Or behind Kerr and uh, Pateas, uh Beth Mead, and starting attacking midfielder in all of the European uh, Championship games last year, Fran Kirby. So quite the trio of players to be missing for the World Cup. Is it all? Is it all injuries? All injuries. Yeah. yeah. Mead and Williamson ACLs. Fran Kirby not one hundred percent, but yeah, not going to be featuring at all. Mm. Um, so that's oh. disappointing as an England fan. But uh, I have noted some players who I think will emerge given the opportunity that the absence of those three uh, gives. So the first player, I think, will, to step up will be, um, as I've put, uh, the first player to step up for one of England's fallen heroes uh, in uh, Liam Williamson will be Esme Morgan, who uh, is a central defender from Manchester City. Uh, I've pensed her in as the most likely to slot in next to Millie Bright in the heart of that England defence. Um, with Rachel Daly's move further up the pitch from left back, um, I think that also op- op- uh, opens up a spot um at left back as well i think it's jess jess carter uh will feature there but um and obviously lucy bronze at right back they're ever dependable um then the next player i've got to step up uh in the absence of of a talented player in the absence of um uh, Fran Kirby, I've got uh, Ella Toon. Now, Ella, we know Ella Toon uh, well from the Euros, uh, was arguably the best impact sub of the entire tournament. Mm. Um, popping up with key goals, key assists um, in big games throughout the knockout stages. Uh, but yeah, she seems to be the pe- the like nailed-on starter now uh, next to Georgia Stanway and Kira Walsh in that English midfield, um, that's a very talented midfield. Um, so I, I don't think the drop-off from Frank Kirby there is going to be very steep at all. Yeah, I mean, Ella Toon was amazing. It's just, and I suppose she's had that tournament kind of coming off the bench. and I think she know, was also only confidence. like 21, that like, so another year under her belt. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I feel like she'd, she'd feel like she's ready to take that next step. Yeah. Just starting. And with jo- players like Georgia Stanway and Kira Walsh behind you, um, as, a no- like, as a number 10, um, I think... Ella Toon will have plenty of confidence to just do her thing. Mm, yeah. Uh, and finally, a player who might not start initially, but I think if Serena Vigman, like not like I'm going to tell Serena Vigman how to do her job, but I think if, you know, Serena Vigman, you know, just gives this player a chance, she'll wow the world stage. Um, in Beth Mead's absence, I think an opportunity will be potentially given to Lauren James, sister of Reese James, uh, both play for Chelsea. Um, I've watched a couple of her highlights this year for Chelsea. Um, she's got speed to burn. She's brilliant with close control. I think one of her goals she scored, she literally took on about four players cutting in from the right-hand side before scoring. Mm. She's brilliant. Like, she's electric to watch. Um, so yeah, she's taken the w, uh, the Women's Super League by storm this season, linking up with Sam Kerr for Chelsea to win the league and the FA Cup double. Um, she may find it tricky to get in... Uh, the starting lineup ahead of the likes of Chloe Kelly, uh, Greenwood, um, mm. Rachel Daly, uh, so Lauren Hemp. So, but if she's given a chance, I think she'll excel, and also she'll be one of the best impact subs in the tournament, without mm. a doubt, in, in my mind. So yeah, uh, those are the players to watch, um, and I think I, I do think the quality of all those players that are stepping in. Um, means that England will still be 
thereabouts in the lockout stages. Although, like, you, they are coming up against much better teams that aren't in the Euros, such as USA, Canada, um, Brazil, Japan, China. But I still think I think the biggest the biggest miss will be Leah Williamson because as as good as I'm sure Esme Morgan is, Leah Williamson was like was 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 being touted as possibly to, as possibility of winning player of the tournament if not for Beth Mead's heroics as a center back like yeah. that's unheard of yeah and i think we talk about like the spine of the team a lot like we've still got walsh um like in there and 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 the other like like midfielder stanway yeah, yeah. stanway yeah um but yeah i think losing that like key key center and ca- and your captain as well yeah exactly yeah i but think yeah. it's a bit more of a a bit more of a loss than some of the quicker forwards. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's, I think, Leah Williamson's ability to step into midfield as well uh, as as a defensive midfielder for Arsenal. Um, like, yeah, it, it, was, it, it can't be understated. But I do th- I do still think England will be setting up to win the tournament um, or at least go as far as the quarters or semis. Hmm. Next, we've got a bit of an unknown uh, in Haiti. Um, obviously, another yeah, another team to playing in their first ever Women's World Cup. Um and quite possible. I'm going to do some quick googling here, but quite possibly the first ever World Cup men's or women's uh, Haiti World Men's World Cup appearances. One in 1974. So <laughs> true. That's surprising. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, first team men's or women's to make the World Cup in some time. So, yeah, they qualified uh, in. Uh, they made history in February when they qualified for the first ever Women's World Cup. They finished third place in uh, the 2022 Concacaf uh, Women's Championship. Uh, so that's one ahead of Costa Rica, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, and then they subsequently beat Senegal four 0 in a playoff semi final before beating Chile two one to book their ticket to Australia and New Zealand. They will be heavy underdogs, though, as they're in their group. They're drawn against the European champions, England, the Asian champions, China, and the 2017 European finalists, Denmark. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, look. Um, I don't want to use the phrase just happy to be there, but there's a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, they would have um, been very disappointed when they when they saw that group draw. Like. Mm. I, th- I I think I mentioned Group B is like a bit of a group of death. Group D is tricky. Yeah, very tricky. Uh, but yeah, uh, Les Grenadiers, as they're apparently known, I may have been I may have butchered that, but we'll see. Uh, has three players who, upon my research, have sort of stu- stood out as the three players to watch. First is the captain uh, Narilla Mondesia. Uh, plays for Montpellier in France. Um, she's only 24, but she's got a plenty, uh, a wealth of experience already. She's represented Haiti at every junior level, um, and uh, she in the heart of midfield. She's one of their best creative players. Um, um, so not in the heart of in the heart of the forward line. Um, the second is uh, Malechi Demorne, uh, who plays for Reims uh, in the French league as well. Only 19, but a key member of the squad. Uh, she's a creative midfielder. Um, she scored in the 2-1 playoff final against Chile and uh, recently signed a pre-contract with Lyon, which, as we know, is one of the biggest clubs in women's football. Mm. So uh, a lot of, lot of a very exciting prospect there. And the third is um, uh, Ros- Rosalord Borghella, or Borghella, plays for Dijon, also in the uh, French League. Um she should lead the line for them. She's she's thirty years old, very technically sound, quite a powerful and tall player. Um, so yeah, those are the three that I can pick that would you know potentially have something to offer. But again, yeah, very hard to see them making too many waves uh, in this group stage. Hmm. They got a tough task. They got a very tough task. Uh, especially when they're coming up against the likes. Oh, actually, the, the one team who they may have success against uh, is is probably Denmark. I think Denmark, as good as their best player is, don't have quite the team around that best player to potentially qualify. But anyway, Denmark, uh, returning to the world stage um, after 16 years away from the tournament. Um, they've been blessed with, like I just mentioned, one of the greatest players of the last dec- decade in Penilla Harder. But uh, this is actually the first time the Danes have made the World Cup in her career, which is pretty shocking. That's wild. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they were knocked out of the group stage in the Women's Euros last year. Um, 
But since then, their head coach, uh, Lars Sondergaard, has made a formation tweak from 3-4-3 to 4-3-3. And that's worked a treat. Denmark have uh, arrived in Australia and New Zealand having won their last four, keeping three clean sheets in those four games. So pretty impressive. Um, However, I don't think their play style would have changed drastically from what we watched at the Euros last year, which is just uh, defend deep, defend compact, and then get the ball to Penilla Harder and co. in the front three and counter quickly. Yeah. Uh, which which did work for them in some games. Um, uh, they just had a tough time against um, being in Germany's group last last year. Yeah, Germany and Spain. That is a tricky group as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so players to watch. I've already mentioned uh, Pernilla Harder. Um, without a doubt, the light that shines the brightest in this Danish side. Um, since making her debut at sixteen, she's uh, the thirty year old uh, now has uh, a record of almost a goal a game for Denmark, and when really? you add in her assists, she's got well more than a goal one goal contribution a game. That's wild, which is, which is crazy, <laughs> just insane. Um, it's a long international career as well. Yeah, for life, yeah, fourteen years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, you can't really confine her to a to a, like a single role in the front three either. She'll operate uh, right, left, or through the center. Um, she is a team that as an England fan I'm uh, she's a player that as an England fan I'm, I'm, I'm worried about playing against because uh, if they'll they'll sit deep and they'll like hit her, hit her on the counter she's also very quick mm. yeah so a little bit worried especially like I mentioned with that Williamson who's, yeah. who's quite fast uh, as a defender um, but then uh, one more player who could be very key in linking Penilla Harder on counter attacks is um, Catherine Molecule who plays for Arsenal Um so the biggest thing that I've read about her is she's got like a really good eye and touch for a through ball um, and uh, defense splitting passes is like the main feature of her game, yeah. which is perfect when you've got a player like Penilla Harder to run onto. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, could be lethal on the, um, on the counter against the likes of England uh, and China. Um, and interestingly, uh, Brian Sorensen, who coached both Harder and Molecule at a youth level, said, uh, this is a quote from him, Comparing the tools Catherine has now and Penilla had at the same age, I think Catherine is better technically. So, right, very okay. high praise. True. Um, so, yeah, look, one to watch for, for sure. She could be the key. Yeah, I think she's only 23 as well. So, um, did she did she feature at the Euros? Or is um, she she must have, yeah. but, like, I... Like, again, like, groups... There was so much football happening in the group stage... She, may have like slipped through the cracks cracks a bit yeah or yeah. I feel like the only na- Danish name I heard during the group stage last year was Penilla Harder yeah mm. alright um, moving on to the last team in this group um, who I think is is a sneaky to to do pretty well in this not only this group but in this tournament uh, is China um, been a pretty regular mainstay in um, the World Cup uh, stage uh, looking, but they're finally looking, make, looking to make it back to the latter stages of the tournament for the first time since they came runner-up to the USA in 1999. Uh, they've in the in the five tournaments since then they've bowed out at the quarter-final stage four times, and then in the most recent World Cup in 2019 they went out in the round of 16. But since then they've uh, brought in a new coach um, uh, in 2021. Uh, I'm going to butch this name, but uh, Shui Qingxia. Is how, I've, is how I'm going to say it. Um, she was a five-time Women's Asian Cup winner and an Olympic silver medalist as a player. Uh, and since she took over in 2021, China were then crowned 2022 Asia Cup champions. Um, and they beat Korea Public in the final. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Ching Shi has built, built her team on the back of a strong defense. Uh, again, like a lot of teams in this tournament, opting for a very rigid 4-4-2. Uh, the Steel Roses, as they're, mm. they're called, which is, Pretty damn cool, if you ask me. Um, has only conceded five goals. Uh, only sorry, only conceded five goals across their whole Asia Cup run, and uh, that's wild. All five of those were in the semi and final. Right. So it's a strong start to the tournament. Yeah. Um, Steel roses, unbelievable. Yeah, sick. That's, that's that's amazing. Yeah, really sick, man. <laughs> uh, and so uh, three players to watch for China. Um, the first one is just a. I, like the player profile when I was reading about it, it was just wild. So the player's name is Wang Shanshan, uh, plays in the Chinese league, um, named Chinese Women's Football of the Year last year, 33-year-old, but she operates between striker, midfield, and centre-back. In fact, in the last two, in the, in the semi-final and the final of the Asia Cup last year, she finished the game at centre-back, but she's but she's listed as a striker in all their squad lineups and stuff. Jeez. It's crazy. 
Um, just gets tired and then... Yeah, so <laughs> so she scored five times in the Asian Cup, which um, uh, and one player of the tournament in that as well. Uh, and yeah, has uh, starred, starred for China at the 2015 and 2019 World Cup. Um, and yeah, I think if, she, if China are going to progress to where they want to progress to, which is the quarterfinals and beyond, she'll be at the heart of it. She mm. seems to not be missing any step um, at 33 years old. But just yeah, and, and such so you rarely ever see a player with that level of versatility yeah. in the modern game. Yeah, she must just be that good that like at the start you go up and score a few goals and then you like yeah, yeah, yeah. save the lead by going to centre back. Yeah, crazy, <laughs> wild. Um, the the next thing that I think will be key uh, in China sort of defending well um, against the likes of England and um, in the later stages of the tournament, other good teams. Uh, as they sort of build up from their strong def- defense, will be um, defensive midfielder Yao Ling Wei. I think uh, she's sort of been the designated, designated defensive screener under uh, Ching Xia. Um, I think, yeah, she'll be pretty key in if they're going to get any result against England and um, helping them set up. A- I don't think they'll need to defend, uh, you know, need to try and stifle Denmark and Haiti as much, but she'll probably be key to just. Setting the foundation for them yeah. to get results. Yeah. And the last player I've got uh, listed here is uh, Tang Jiali, I think is how you say it. Um, so she became, interestingly, in the last, over, in, over the last 18 months, she's become the first Chinese uh, female player to play uh, in England when she had a sin at to- Tottenham Hotspur before she joined uh, Madrid. Uh, I'm not sure it's Real Madrid. It's a team called Madrid CFF. So, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, um, Making history, first Chinese player, Chinese female player to play in England. Um, another versatile player is really good on with both feet. She can play left midfield, right midfield, or in the mid or in the middle. Um, she, again, she may not start from all the reports I'm reading, but again, another player who could be a very impactful uh, substitute. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that brings that brings China to a close and. If I had to pick how this group's going to go, I would say England still top it. I think that they won't really face any issues until they get into the quarters and later rounds. Mm. Um, uh, then I'm going to pick China to go through after that. I think as good as Penilla Harder is, Denmark still don't quite have the team to go around her. Uh, even though they've been playing well in the lead up to this tournament, um, I think China, you know, won silverware again last year. They seem to be heading in the right direction. Yeah. Plus, just seem to be like a much more well-oiled machine from all you know, intensive yeah. pur- for all intents and purposes. Uh, so then, yeah, Denmark in third and uh, Haiti uh, finishing in fourth. Coming through last, yeah. Yeah, I, re- I reckon that's probably how it's going to go. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it will be interesting to see because um, obviously we, we, we watch lots of the Euros, so it'll be interesting to see how the like the, the, the Asian teams, including Australia and New Zealand, like kind of fare. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. Of the Asian teams that we've set out so far, so like Japan, China, Australia, New Zealand, and the Philippines, mm. who do you reckon is going to su- like, surprise you the most? Mate, I, I, I feel like Philippines, like just because the group they're in and yeah, yeah. because of the lack of you know, previous expectations, I reckon they have the potential to surprise the most. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I reckon I've got China to like be a smoky and make like the semis. True. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, just, just, just from what I'm reading, I just feel like you know, is they got they got something about them. Yeah. But I feel like yeah, like given that they just won the Asian Cup, like yeah. I, I reckon they might expect to get like kind of get deep in this tournament, especially well. considering like they've made the knockout rounds in every World Cup since. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's not as surprising. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The Philippines is a good shout though. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, that's groups A, B, C, and D. Uh, and we'll be going through groups E, F, G, and H next week. Uh, again, we haven't quite structured it to, to go uh, alternating because um, I'll be doing E and F next week. Uh, but we'll I'll figure be, it. And I'll be rounding us we'll out. We'll be rounding us out. <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Um, anyway, for those of you who have listened today, um, who maybe weren't quite as across with the world, uh, with the women's World Cup, and wanted a bit of info, we hope we hope we, hope we have. Uh, Partaked that we've hope we've partaked that information to you. Give <laughs> I, I don't know if partake. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, didn't sound right. <laughs> but we hope we hope we hope we hope we've afforded you the information that uh, you were looking for. 
I'm sure there's um, plenty. There's plenty of people out there in the women's football sphere that know much more about this uh, the sport than we do. But we're uh, once again very eager to watch and learn as this tournament unfolds on home soil and at appropriate times to watch the games at. Mm, yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> excited to go to games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be gonna be really good. Um, yeah, uh, there is stuff going on in the men's game with transfers and stuff, but uh, probably won't touch on it until the the episode just before the Women's World Cup, um, where we do our predictions for the whole tournament, as we'll have a little bit more time then. But as this, as it takes about an hour to get through four groups, I doubt we're going to discuss any more men's <laughs> stuff next week either. Um, but it does, but it, it, there's definitely stuff going on. But like, like, like you guys are all up to date with what's going on in the men's game. You don't really need us to tell yeah, you what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all from us for now. Um, see you next week with groups EF, G and H. And ta-ta for now.